Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life Podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. <laughs> and I'm David Auerbach, CEO and Publisher. Today we have our post-announcement coverage. We're really excited to bring to you everything that Apple announced at its California streaming event today, including the iPhone 13, an Apple Watch Series 7, and two iPad models, including an iPad mini. Uh, that's all coming up in this episode. Yeah, it was... Uh... It's always exciting to see what Apple came up with, and we've got a lot, a lot to cover with you guys today. But before we do, let me tell you about our sponsor. Uh, today's sponsor is GoBuddy, and I'm going to tell you about one of their newest products. Because if you've been a long-time listener to this podcast, you know GoBuddy has a huge range of products that are all really awesome iPhone accessories. Today's product is the crossbody lanyard. So basically, how it works is it's compatible with a pop socket. So you get a pop socket, put on your phone, and you can use one of pop socket's new ones that are uh, work with Magic Mount, and then it. Uh, clicks into this crossbody lanyard and so it makes your phone really easy to access especially if you are let's say going on a hike or you are working out or you do something where you don't have pockets readily available for you but you want to be able to easily grab your phone it's a really convenient way to carry a phone it's also very affordable you can find it on amazon or you can go to gobody's website we'll link to it in the show notes but i will spell it for you now it's g-o-b U-D-I. G-O-B. <laughs> you got there, David. U-D-I. I got it. <laughs> so make sure you check out their crossbody lanyard. I have a special uh, announcement that I also want to make for uh, our own promotions. This is the most exciting time of year at iPhone Life, and we come out with a, our most popular content of the year. We have a live online course starting September 22nd that will help you master iOS 15, and we have an in-depth guide about iOS 15 coming out on September 20th, the day that iOS 15 officially rolls out to your iPhone. So these are some, we put a lot of attention into these to help you from day one, hit the ground running, running with a new operating system and master all of the new features. If you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, we're also offering 50% off your subscription, which gives you access to all this content. Uh, that's a limited time offer. And uh, if you uh, if you qualify, you get 60% off because you get an extra 10% off for a senior discount. Um, that also applies to veterans. So you get a really steep discount right now and our best content when you subscribe to iPhone Life Insider. So we highly recommend you check that out. Yeah. So one more time, because we kind of buried the lead a little bit there. iOS 15 comes out on September 20th. So it's yes. right around the corner. Huge update. We, we'll get into a little bit with the phone, but we all felt that the operating system update this year was the big news. Uh, and so there's so many new things coming to your phone. We've spent hundreds of hours preparing a really comprehensive guide for everything you need, and we're going to release it the day iOS 15 comes out. This is only for insiders, though. So you need to go subscribe if you haven't already. And to make it really easy for you, this is the cheapest we ever offer it. We do this promotion once a year when the new operating system comes out. So if you've heard this podcast for a while, you've heard us talk about this, and you thought, maybe I should subscribe, you will never get it cheaper, I promise. So go check it out, iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. And in addition to, you, you said this, right, the class. Yes. So in addition to the guide I just was hyping up, which has a printable PDF, it has step-by-step -step video tutorials, you will have eight sessions with expert instructors, including Donna, mm -hmm. uh, where you can ask questions. We'll walk you through all the content. It's super fun. That's all included 
with their 50% off your insider subscription. And what's cool about it too is when you subscribe, we've already recorded a session that tells you everything you need to know to get ready for the update. So if you're listening to this before the 20th and you want to subscribe, you can check out this session. It'll go through things like clearing out storage so you have enough space to get the update, making your iCloud backup so you don't lose any important photos, data, anything like that in in the update process. And just make sure you have it all locked down so that when it comes out, there's no, nothing holding you back from uh, getting the update. So we really take care of you uh, when you become an insider. Make sure to go sign up. We're uh, excited. I think it's going to be a really full class too. So. Yeah, it'll be really excited. All right. Exciting. Yeah. All right. So today the format of the podcast is that we're going to go over all of the big uh, releases that Apple made today, give you our the highlights from it, and also our take on the significance of it, but we did want to talk about the different software updates and when they're coming out. David already just told you about iOS 15, but it was weird. Apple didn't really talk about it that much in the announcement today. Usually they're like, all right, these, this is when you can get iOS 15, watchOS, all of it, et cetera. And yeah. they didn't really today. No, they didn't. They put it on their website after, which threw us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding I know, is that it's all coming out on the 20th. Is that correct? Except for macOS Monterey, I believe. Okay, I Ma- wasn't sure on that one. So macOS Monterey, we didn't get a new MacBook at um, the announcement today. We're expecting that later in the fall. And our thinking is that probably macOS Monterey will come out then too. But let me double check on that. Um, but yes, it's Monday, September 20th is when you can get watchOS 7, iOS 15 and iPad OS 15. So we can actually start there. Uh, before we get into all the things that were announced, let's get out of the way things that were not announced. We are expecting an October announcement because we did not have new MacBooks announced. And we are pretty confident that'll come later this year, either October or November. Probably October will be the announcement. We didn't get new AirPods, which were rumored to be coming. So they were not announced. So those are the two main things that were not announced. The We had iPads, but they were the base models. The iPad Pros were announced this spring. Typically, Apple does a spring announcement. Um, was there anything else that you felt like wasn't announced that was expected or that we were disappointed that we didn't get? You mentioned the AirPods, right? AirPods, we were disappointed by, yes. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are the big ones. I mean, there's always, like, rumors of some, some more... Um, devices that I didn't actually expect, one of them being a HomePod-type device that was going to have like a screen on it. We heard a lot about uh, stuff (laughs) stuff like that that was going to sort of um, be a hybrid device, but I I wasn't honestly expecting that. I feel like those were the big ones that we thought. Um, Yeah, so I'm not seeing anything. I'm just looking up macOS Monterey release dates. Uh, So that we can't speak to, but iPadOS 15 and iOS 15 is on the 20th. And just to get this out of the way too, you might... Because we are recording this like literally an hour after the announcement, we did our best to take thorough notes to memorize as much as we can. But we, <laughs> while we try not to be reading from a computer while talking to you most of the time, we may be checking our computer a couple times because they went over so much in an hour. Um, do we want to dive into the first product or do we want to yeah. give big picture show like what we thought overall? I would love to hear your big picture first. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a spoiler for all the products. In general, I felt like Apple, um, this was a very iterative update. I don't Mm -hmm. know if development slowed because of COVID. I don't know if they're expecting less demand because of the pandemic, but it felt like we'll go through and there were some exciting products announced. There were exciting new features for each of these products, but overall there was nothing that really 
was ex- like blew my mind. There was no really exciting new innovation that Apple had. Each one felt like they checked the boxes to improve each product, but I, I, we, I left feeling like less excited than I normally did. How about you? I would agree with that. I feel like it didn't feel like a year that Apple was putting a ton of focus on to have um, like really mind blowing updates that uh, that they felt a lot of pressure to deliver like you know <laughs> yeah. the 10 year anniversary iphone it was like completely redesigned new features that you've never seen in an iphone like th- for this it, like you could it felt like a little more of like a throwaway year for apple in certain ways that being said i actually am planning on update upgrading my uh, apple watch and my iphone this year and there's a lot of good features in there so i'm feeling good about it and i still yeah. want to do it so even though i was kind of like as far as apple events go now having you know been covering these events for almost a decade, I wasn't as excited. Um, I still think for a lot of you listening who, who are planning on upgrading your phones, there's a lot that, that you might be excited about. Yeah, exactly. These are all solid products, all solid improvements upon products. I also have my own purchase list. So it's not that I think Apple no longer <laughs> makes good products, but I don't know. We're, we're, we cover this, but we're also fans. And we, I was hoping to be more excited than I am. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And, you know, objectively speaking, like the Apple Watch, for instance, there there was some pretty intense rumors about a complete redesign that we, we had in our last podcast talked about this. And some of those things we just didn't see. So it was yeah. kind of like, oh, we didn't get those things we thought we were going to yeah. get. Or like the blood cl- glucose sensor. We didn't get that either. Um, it almost, yeah. I mean, it did sort of feel like Apple ha- is working on a lot and they're next year going to blow our mind. I know that's a really annoying thing to say right now, but there's yeah. so many rumors of so many exciting features. We saw a lot of mock-ups, for example, with the iPhone with a small notch or no notch. Yeah. We didn't get that. Like, there's a and lot. And an in-screen home button. They're yeah. talking about that so you could have edged, an edge-to-edge display without a notch and, you know, for people who like uh, fingerprint sensors instead of Face ID, like, that was going to be kind of cool. Um, but like the rumors now have pushed that to be a 2022 thing. Exactly. So anyways, yeah, I would agree with you about your overall take on it, but I think the camera improvements in the iPhone are really cool. And I'm excited to talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Let's dive in. Okay. iPhone 13. Yes. So David and I had an interesting discussion before recording this podcast about how the iPhone 13 and the iPhone 13 Pro line seem pretty much the same. Like mm-hmm. they, there's not a lot of features setting them apart aside from the camera. Uh, but their camera improvements, there are special Pro camera improvements. But I think it makes sense for us just to talk about the iPhone 13, and then we'll tell you what like what features stack on to that when you get the Pro. But even more than usual, the, with with four new iPhones that came out this year, like the, all of them are very similar. Yeah. Which Definitely. is interesting. Yeah, which makes it a little hard. Yeah. So um, the biggest, let's talk about the camera features first, I guess. Sure. Um, so a couple, we're going to, I think, uh, to be honest, let's talk about the Pro and the non-Pro line because sometimes comparing and contrasting helps. So mm-hmm. iPhone, let's, let's start all the way at the beginning. iPhone released an iPhone, Apple released an iPhone 13 iPhone 13 Pro, iPhone 13 Pro Max, and then also an iPhone 13 Mini. So we have four new phones coming out. Oh, another rumor was that the Mini size was going to be discontinued, but not not this but year at least. stuck around. Because I guess the iPhone 12 Mini sales didn't do that well, okay. which is interesting. Interesting, yeah. So right off the bat, we have similar form factors. I think they're mm-hmm. slightly different, but essentially you would look at this and think it's the same phone as iPhone 12. It looks very similar. 
Um, we have added the camera, like Donna's talking about. There's a couple really exciting things. So the first one is what they're calling cinematic mode. And this will be across all of the iPhone 13 line. And how it works is it's, a it's similar to portrait mode, but for video. So when you're recording mm -hmm. a video, it will use its uh, AI sensors. It'll use its LiDAR sensors and its AR chip to uh, to blur the background and make it feel like you have uh, you have a, like a portrait mode on a video. Um, it looked pretty cool. It gave you some options to like you can choose what it was blurring, which you can't do as easily on a photo. So you could like they had some really fun videos of like uh, little fake movies they would make where you'd have someone in the foreground and all the background was blurred and then you'd switch and you'd blur the person in the foreground and you'd see the background. Um, that's, uh, did I describe that clearly yeah. enough? Yeah, you know, I was just like spacing out thinking about how it would have been really cool to have this feature at your wedding last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, David got married. I got married. <laughs> um, which was amazing. And they had a professional videographer who actually showed me some of the shots that did a similar effect, which is cool. Like having, uh, choosing what's in focus and having a blurred background is really, you know, it's like a very artistic looking cool effect. And in video, when you can shift, like you're focusing in on you and then it can blur you and focus in on Hannah, then it like th the transition is also cool to watch. And that's what this feature does. Yeah. So um, and it, w it seems like automatically it does a pretty good job from the footage Apple showed. Of course, we didn't get hands on um, of shifting that on its own and automatically doing that. But then you can override it and choose what you want to focus on, which we were all happy to see because anything that's like a complete like software uh, program like that isn't always going to choose what you want to focus on. So if it did it all automatically, I would be probably pretty frustrated. Yeah, you would have a hard time. One of the things I wish they had done a little bit more is show like real world examples. They showed us like these little fake movies, which were fun and it was cool yeah. to see. But like part of what I'm wondering is, am I going to use this? Am mm -hmm. I going to like... Next time I'm recording a video of my stepson, am I, do I care to blur the background? Will it look good? You know what I mean? Like in real life, I don't make movies. I record fun videos of myself and my family doing funny things. <laughs> and like, yeah. I love portrait mode. So I'm guessing I will use this and like it. Uh, but I, I, until I kind of see it, I, it's like hard to quite know, do I need that same blurred background on a video? What do you think? Well, no, I did have that thought because it seems like a really cool feature if you were, I was like, oh, now it does seem like with iPhone, you can make movies and I could see like students wanting to, who are film students, like using that. But and that was sort of how they marketed it. It is actually like they didn't show much like family video type things. Um, and I would say David and I, we've talked about with portrait mode, even like we don't use it that much for that same reason. Like you, there's more setup involved. Like you have to get the your subject just the right distance from you and the lighting right. And most of the time, I'm just kind of snapping and shooting. So I'm not going to go through that. I'm not going to lie. I love portrait mode. <laughs> and every time I take out my camera, my wife yells, don't use portrait mode <laughs> because it takes a little bit longer. And I am always like, it's like move forward, move backwards. And I'm sitting here like this. And she's just like, take the stupid photo. <laughs> 
so I understand. Yeah, no, so, so maybe I got it wrong that you do love portrait mode. I thought we were on the same page of not no, using it that often. I'm a big lover of portrait mode, oh, but I get yelled at for it. Yeah, so. Hannah's not in support of this. No, she's not in support of anything that makes her wait. That's <laughs> that's so funny. Um, yeah, so I definitely have that concern. Of course, I want to try it, but. Um, if it ends up being the type of thing, like if you're not really skilled at using it, the video actually turns out worse than if you just used regular video mode, then I'll, I probably won't end up using it. But if it could make like videos that I take of my like niece and nephew, because that's most of the time what I'd be taking a video of, or like a puppy or something, <laughs> if it makes it look a little more artsy without me having to try, then I'll, yeah, I'll use it a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Well, the thing that makes me wonder too is this exact phenomenon of like when I set up a portrait mode, I kind of have to, like, fuss with it to get it to work. Yeah. In a video, like, your subject moves. And, like, if you're sitting there and somebody, you finally get that cinematic shot, right, and then your your subject starts walking towards you and it, like, it, the blurred background is flickering in and out. I know. It's going to look terrible. That's why, I mean, based on the... This is one of those um, features that's really hard to judge early since we haven't gotten to see it yet. We Of course, like, the demo Apple's going to show is going to seem amazing, um, but I feel like we really need hands-on time with it. And uh, from what they're saying about it, it seems like an, a really impressive feature if they were able to do it well. And Apple usually does wait until it can do it well before they yeah. release something. So I, I was going to say, hopeful. my money is that they did it right. Like usually Apple is good about this. They don't release features that are experimental and don't work well. Yeah. So I'm guessing it'll be good. Another thing that was more tailored towards pr- pro users, which a lot of our listeners, I assume, are not, um, <laughs> and neither are we, is they're talking focused on the file format. A lot of these that they're pro ProRes or Dolby Vision are your choices, um, and that ProRes makes it so that it's easy to edit in Final Cut Pro for like if you're making a short film or movie or yeah, something like that, yeah. which, which seems we're not. cool for those users. But yeah. The other camera feature before we move on to some of these other things that is only available in the iPhone Pro line, so iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max, is now it has up to six times optical zoom. So before it was a four time optical zoom and the iPhone 13 as well as its predecessor the iPhone 12 only had a two time optical zoom. So when I was and we're going to have a whole show about which one should you buy but when I was looking at that 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 was one of the few things that actually got me because the difference between optical zoom and digital zoom is huge in my opinion. Like an optical zoom basically means it is not just like zooming in it is a- on the photo t- expanding the photo to make it look bigger it is literally zooming in through a lens and so you can have you do not lose quality when you get closer and so six times uh, not losing quality is quite a bit so you can capture a lot and they also with that now have the ability to do macro photography which is so cool is really cool they showed some amazing uh example macro photography for those who you don't know is like if really up close photography so yeah, those should, like shots of a flower with raindrops that you can see yeah. perfectly clear like that's macro photography yeah and you can do that now yeah. uh with your iphone without any extra lenses so that seemed really cool to me and that again is only available on the pro line um and Ray-Ann's that was got to be excited about that yeah Ryan, who will for you all in who are insiders uh she'll produce a guide for how to use all, all our new cameras we do this every year um she'll be really excited about it I also, while less artistic than Ryan, am still excited about it. I thought that was a really cool addition. So um, just to explain to people, too, in case they don't know, because I didn't know, you know, 
until I did, of the difference between optical and digital zoom. Like you you're explained that this uh, optical zoom actually is zooming in on things. So when you see something that says digital zoom, like that basically equals bad, right? Yeah, basically <laughs> like if you take a photo, any photo from your li- for, for a library, and you just like use your thumbs to pinch in, and that's what a digital zoom does. It basically just expands your photo at the cost of quality. You're not you, like you lose quality as you zoom in. As anybody knows who's zoomed in too far by like using mm-hmm. the thumbs, it doesn't look good. Optical, you don't lose any quality by zooming in. So it's a literal, the lens magnifies and you, it's the same pixels and you don't lose any quality. So digital zoom, while you can sometimes cheat a little bit and get away with it, in general is frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Optical zoom is what you need to do if you want a high quality photo. Six times means you get more range with which you can get a high quality photo. Yeah. So like the camera offerings have become pretty complex now because with the iPhone 13 line, it's the same as the 12 and the 11, where if you get the pro line, you have three lenses on there. And if you get the baseline, you get two lenses on there. That third lens is the telephoto lens, which allows for this optical zoom and some other things too. But now if you just get the base iPhone 13, you do get some cool things that you wouldn't get with the iPhone 12 Pro or 11 Pro. Like you're getting the cinematic mode, you're getting the wide angle photography now lets in like up to 50% more light. Like there are some things that are cool. But we were just talking about how like you, for the most part, wouldn't want to upgrade from a 12 Pro to a 13 because you're losing the telephoto lens. You're not going to get, you're not going to get um those that optical zoom that's now been available for years now so even though the 13 has a lot of cool new features it's hard if you're if you've been a pro user for a while i would have a hard time just going to the base 13 now yeah and we'll have a full episode comparing and contrasting but yeah it gets tricky because the pro line has some features that like the 12 pro carried over to the 13 pro and the 13 did not carry over so that being said, the lines are getting pretty close where you might be tempted to do the iPhone 13 instead of the Pro. Your main trade-offs, and we'll get into this a little more later, but they're going to be in the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other features that were across the board that were seemed really nice uh, were improved s- screen. They talked a lot about improved brightness, color contrast. These are things that are like a little bit abstract and they give you some specs, but like until you see it, it's hard to know, but they talked a lot about improved screen. The one that I think is maybe going to get buried, but is probably the most exciting thing they announced is better battery life (laughs) about a, I think it was about an hour and a half better battery life per charge. Um, So basically it lasts an extra hour and a half each day, uh, which is a lot. And I think for the max line, it was two and a half hours. Um, So a lot better battery life, which is, really appreciated and would be exciting the other thing is for in terms of display for the iphone pro line so the pro and pro max they added something called promotion basically what promotion is it's they so so here's what happened (laughs) uh the refresh rate of a screen is something is one of the things that determines the quality of the picture the refresh rate is how often uh the screen refreshes per second the typical refresh rate on the old iPhones was 60, uh, 60 frames per second. They up, they added all the way up to 120. So that's a huge difference, especially if you're wanting to watch videos or things like that. Um, even when you're scrolling, it makes it feel much more fluid. The problem is the more a phone refreshes, the more that screen refreshes, the more battery life it uses. 
that they wanted to improve their battery life. So what they did is they added a feature, they added, they used artificial intelligence so that it only uses the frame rates when you need it. If you're watching a video, then those frame rates go up, but if you're just sitting there staring at an article, not moving your screen at all, the refresh rate goes down. And so that's their way of trying to have their cake and eat it too. So they're improving their battery life by having a faster refresh rate on their screens, which uh, improves the quality of your experience using your devices. That's called ProMotion. That is available on the iPhone 13 Pro and 13 Pro Max. Did I explain that clearly? Yeah. No, okay. that was awesome. So yeah. Uh, oh, the the notch is 20% smaller That's too true. than it was before. So, you know, we didn't get no notch, but it is, it is smaller. Um, there for the 13 line, the storage rate starts at a higher amount. Like you get a 128 gigabytes in the base model instead of 64 before. So that's a nice improvement with the pro line. You can now go up to a terabyte of storage, yeah. which is pretty cool which to is like hit that threshold necessary <laughs> really nobody <laughs> needs it let's be honest but good for you apple yeah uh, the other one too again it feels like we're bearing the lead a little bit because this happens every year but they upgraded their chip to the a15 chip a15 bionic i think they call it we were debating mm -hmm. before this why they use the word bionic um i'm <laughs> sure there's an explanation but it's probably not a good one uh but they, they so it'll be a much faster processor which matters a lot but it happens every year so it's like hard for us to like get all excited about it mm -hmm. but again if you're using an older phone uh, you're going to really benefit from that faster processor and the better battery life and the nicer screen. So there's yeah. a lot that they did right. It's just not some stuff that's like exciting new innovations per se. And in the pro line, the graphics processor is, is better than the, than the 13 too. Yeah. So the, um, you do get some extra things for the pro line, but yeah, just to summarize our iPhone 13 coverage, I feel like the cinematic mode, the, the macro photography, um, the better battery life, the, um, I mean, those are really the biggest things that I think are cool about the, the new Here's phones. the other one we forgot to mention. Uh, they have a new shade of blue. I know everybody cares <laughs> about colors. It is called Sierra Blue. I guess Pacific Blue was not the right blue for them. So now we've moved on to Sierra Blue. It's a little bit lighter. It's more of like a baby it's like, blue. Yeah, an icy baby blue. I Other people were complaining about it. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty too. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Also, like I'm going to put a case on it, so who cares? That's my that's my basic. Uh, I like yeah. Starlight though, and they don't have... They have Starlight in... They only have Starlight in the 13. They only have Starlight in the 13. So I that think is I just one. like that it's called Starlight. I know. It's just white. They just like, come on, Apple. On, it's yeah. Starlight. What's the one that's kind of white in the pro line? Silver. Silver. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, I feel like we've got, talked about the iPhone 13 enough. Oh, cost. Yes. Thank so, you. So um, you can pre-order your new iPhone starting this Friday, which is, let's get dates here, the 17th. And then you can actually, they'll ship the 24th. The iPhone 13 Pro line starts at $999. Uh, what are the other prices? So the iPhone Pro starts at $799. Oh, the, the, Pro, the regular iPhone yeah, 13. Thank you. The iPhone 13 starts at $799. 13 Pro, $999. Pro Max, $1,099. So it's a $200 increase to go from the iPhone 13 to the Pro Max and then an additional 100 to go to the, sorry, I'm getting all my words wrong. <laughs> I'm going to do this one more time. It's iPhone 13 is $799, $200 more for the iPhone 13 Pro at $999, and then an additional $100 if you want the iPhone 13 Pro Max at 
1099 The one good thing I will say, I mean, they're really expensive, but uh, it used to be that you always, when you looked at that, had to then add an extra 100 or $200 because the storage of the base models were just really not good enough. That is not totally true anymore. A lot of people can get away with the smaller storage options. Like 128 gigabytes is, this, is the base storage for all of these now, and that's not... That's like very respectable. It's very doable. Yeah. Um, so let's move on. But before we do, because I know the iPhones are obviously the big ticket item here. Big picture thoughts. Like how are you feeling about this announcement for the iPhones? For the iPhones? I mean, it's hard to not look at it from my own personal perspective, which is right now I have an iPhone SE second generation because <laughs> I lost my nice 12 Pro in Mexico. <sighs> Um, and so I'm really excited, excited. I think I'm going to get the, the 13 pro, um, today's announcement. I was toying with the idea of just getting the 13 cause it's less, $200 less and has most of what I want. But then when I was thinking about it more, I'm like $200 more and I get the, um, like the, the, there's enough nice stuff with the camera that's better. And I get the macro mode that I can try out that I wouldn't get to try otherwise, um, and it is nice to have the, the nicer line in general. It has a better graphics processor. My experience has been a lot of times, even some features like that, like the graphics processor being better. I might not need that, but like, I do notice and appreciate it. Like even looking at other people's iPhones now, when I have the iPhone SE and I'm watching a video on it, I'm like, wow, or reading on it. I'm like, wow, this is like such a better experience. And so I kind of like think all those things come together and make it worth it yeah i i'm on a similar place for you i actually am having the weird experience of sort of the opposite experience i typically have for apple announcements which is normally i leave an apple announcement being so excited about everything that's announced and then over the course of the next few weeks especially once i get the devices in my hand a lot of the new like I usually call them like sizzle features, the things that like every journalist wants to write about. Last year was like MagSafe, for example, mm -hmm. uh, end up being a little bit less exciting than you thought it would be. Uh, and so my excitement level kind of drops over time. I'm sort of having the opposite experience where I left that announcement, <coughs> bless you, me. being like, ah, oh, I don't know. It wasn't that exciting. And the more I think about it, they got the important things really right. They just didn't add any of the sizzle features that normally get me excited. So yeah. better processor, nicer screen, better battery life, better camera. I mean, those are the four things I care about. And so I am still excited about it, despite the fact that they didn't give me some crazy new innovation to be excited about. Um, one, I mean, it's a small thing, but something that I couldn't figure out why they didn't add now on all iPads, they have Touch ID on the power button. I don't know why they don't have that for the iPhone. It seems crazy to yeah. me that they don't have that for the iPhone. So that seemed like a, a large like thing that they neglected. I wish that they'd had like 20% smaller notch is great, but like I kept seeing all of those photos with iPhones without notches and it looked great. <laughs> so yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed, but I think it's still a pretty solid update for people. Yeah, I think it's a solid update. I also think if you're someone listening who has um, has an older phone, it's it's it will pair well with iOS 15 to get some of the newer phones because you'll be able to use live text, which is like there are certain features you now need an iPhone XS or later to take advantage of. So if you're considering updating 
Um, you might want to to be able to use some of the cool new iOS 15 features, which, of course, we'll teach you about in the course if you sign up for Insider. Um, but uh, that's another that's another compelling reason to to go for one of these phones. Um, the operating system updates are really exciting now a lot of times, and they'll run better on a newer phone. Yeah, and I, similar to Donna, to, to relate to my own personal situation, mm-hmm. I skipped a year, which I almost never do. I know, I almost, so unlike you. It was very unlike me. What happened was I got really excited about the iPad, and I just blew all my budget on the iPad Pro. I know. Um, and so I, you, I don't usually have the experience of having a phone that's two years old, and I am so ready to upgrade. My battery is degrading. My phone feels slow on iOS 15. And so, like, I think that's part of where I'm like, no, they check the boxes for anybody. Like, if you have a 12, yeah, you may not want to upgrade. We'll we'll talk about that next episode. I don't know. We'll we'll hash that out. But, like, if you have an older phone, this is going to be night and day from what you've been using. Um. All right. Cool. I think we should move on to the Apple Watch, which I brings. Agree. Speaking of uh, spending all of our Apple budget, <laughs> I'm going to be trying to figure that out because I want to get the new Apple Watch. Also, mm. I have a Series Five, I think. So it would be nice, nice to get take advantage of some of the new features. So the Apple Watch Series Seven, I think, has a lot of compelling new features. It it didn't go as far as the rumors said that. It would uh, in terms of being completely redesigned and getting like more health sensors. So you might be disappointed hearing about this, but I still think that it's going to make a big difference. It has a 40% thinner display than the Series 6. So more than ever, it's like laying very flat to your wrist. Yeah. Um, it's the edges are a little softer. So it doesn't have as much of that chunky rectangular look anymore. Like it's looking more, it's not round by any means, <laughs> which is what I want, but it just looks cooler i think um <laughs> it has dust resistance now ip6x or however you say it rating so officially rated dust resistance it already was water resistant so now it's like even better for taking on your outdoor adventures the buttons are a little bigger which i guess was an issue for people i've never had no okay with that. so yeah? it was here's what it was because the way they described it was confusing okay it because it's a bigger screen it's a significantly bigger display which mm-hmm. is great because these are tiny displays on your wrist and yeah with very a limiting. smart watch you want it's like the most limiting factor because it's a bigger display they were able to redesign the actual software to have bigger buttons when you're trying to navigate it. So it's not the physical external buttons that are bigger. It's like when you're going to text somebody, you can read more of the text. And then when you go to respond, that button that says respond will be larger, which is good because they're small buttons and I've got chubby fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, that makes more sense to me. You can fit now 50% more text on the screen of your Apple Watch. Yeah. So that's wild like in terms of – and so because of that, they're they're now including a full on-screen keyboard. Which is really cool. Because like I don't – right now, sometimes I'll send a text on my Apple Watch from like a canned response. But usually they're not very personalized and come off as being a little short or like – rude in some subtle way to whoever you're sending it with. So I don't do it that often. And all the other features are pretty like scribble or whatever it is, like things like that. It's like not that easy to use. So I would be really excited if I was able to text more effortless, effortlessly from my Apple Watch. And it actually worked, yeah. Um, and it has the always-on display. Of course, the Series 6 also had that, but I have an older – I think I have the Series 4. And so – um, that's a, that's a feature that I've been noticing on other people's Apple watch, like David that he's wearing right now. 
is that you can see uh, the watch face all the time. Mm-hmm. And so seeing things like the time um, also, it just makes the watch also look a little nicer and more like an actual watch. And it's a 70% brighter than it was with the Series 6. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was a pretty, it still was a pretty large update. Oh, and fast charging. So this yeah. was actually one of the biggest things because um, sleep tracking has gotten pretty good with the Apple Watch. But I've been wondering how people are doing that because it takes over three hours to charge the Series 6 or earlier. Yeah. So I'm like... You're either wearing it during the day or at night. When are you fitting in the charging? It just seems kind of like a pain because Apple Watch batteries only last a day. So with this Series 7, it's still it, they didn't improve the battery, actual battery life, but they now have fast charging with a USB-C charging puck. Yeah. And it can charge. It was like weird the way they said 50. It was 40 minutes to 80% charge. Or eight minutes for eight hours of sleep tracking. Either way, it just means you could <laughs> charge it for under an hour and get a lot of use from that. I don't know. Yeah, I think the thing that they sort of, because I think that became a complicated metric and they were trying to break it down for us. <laughs> sleep tracking uses a lot less battery. So they're sort of saying just plug it in for eight minutes before you go to bed and you can get through the whole night. And then you plug it in the morning while you're showering for 40 minutes while you're getting ready and you're good to go in the day. I think that was yeah. the mental thought process. Um, but it was a little weird, but better battery life. I would never wear my Apple Watch at night, though. I really? would hate it. Have you tried it? Um, I have not tried it, but uh, I know I have several friends who do sleep tracking with it and like, you know, get really interesting insights from it. Apparently alcohol really uh, destroys your sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I I could have told you that. (laughs) Yeah, but things like that, like you you can get interesting insights. So I would like to do that for like maybe a couple weeks and learn some things about my sleep. I wouldn't plan on using it every night. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So yeah, those were the main things. Apple Fitness Plus, which is a fitness service a fitness video service for Apple Watch users has some new workout types, including Pilates and guided meditation. Uh, they're going to have group workouts using the iOS 15 share play, fe- play features later this fall. So there's some cool things there. Um, and what was the price and release date? Do you mind looking that up for me? I, I don't do remember. Mind. Give me one second. Um, oh, they just said available later this fall. Hmm. Okay. And the prices, I believe, were the same as before, but I'm just Starting scrolling it. down to find it. The yeah. SE is two seventy nine. The iPhone, the Apple Watch SE, but I think it's three. Yeah, it's like three ninety nine is the base price for the Apple Watch Series Seven. Yeah. So I don't think they raised the price. Um, that being said, you know, we saw it was a pr- I, it was a good update. There was quite a bit we heard about that didn't. Yeah. Get, let's talk about what is, we didn't get. So we were hearing about what is blood glucose monitoring. Yeah. Which can you describe what that is? Blood glucose. <laughs> so it's like your your blood sugar. So for diabetics or anyone worried about heading in that direction, it would be really useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we also were expecting the redesign to to bring squared edges, completely squared edges. And they did the opposite. Th- they did. They made a point of saying these are more rounded <laughs> edges. Which I don't know why the rumors were the opposite, but yeah, it looked more in line with you know how the new um, iPads have the squared edges. Mm-hmm. 
it was going to be like that, which I actually think looks really cool. I like, thought I was excited about it. Yeah. Again, I beg 2022 it'll come. I think they just decided to wait for some of these and have a big 2022 for whatever reason. Maybe I should wait another year then for my Apple Watch. But mine like does feel bulky. The Series 4, like each year they make it thinner to your, like closer to your wrist and mm-hmm. it just makes the old ones look more like a weird iPad strapped to your wrist. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have the Series 6 and I love it. So really? I don't for what that's worth. Yeah, so we didn't get those things. Um, I feel like with a lot of the health features, I don't want to downplay them because they're amazing for the people that they help. Like we just had an Apple Watch workshop where people were telling us right and left how uh, the um, the wow electrocardiogram readings have helped them diagnose heart conditions. Yeah, get like get a pacemaker when they didn't know they needed one, stuff like that. So it's amazing, and I'm sure with the blood glucose, it would be the same. That it could be life saving technology for a lot of people. But um, I do think a lot of the features like better battery light or fast charging, the uh, 50% more text on your screen for your everyday user, those are the types of features that are going to make a big, bigger difference in your mm-hmm. Apple Watch use. And so for me personally, there's a lot compelling here to, that makes me want to upgrade. I agree. I similar, it's similar to the iPhone. If we were to say a theme for the year, it was focusing on the core functionality that everybody uses and improving that and then not caring about like crazy breakthroughs that may or may not actually be used as much. Right. Okay, and then for iPads, again, just as a reminder for iPads, we had new iPad Pros announced in the spring. So this was updates to two iPad models. One is their base model. They're sort of cheap ones for students or people who want an iPad but don't want to pay a lot. Uh, And the other is iPad Mini. So for... Let's start with the iPad Mini because, in my opinion, that was the more exciting one, uh, and it got a a much bigger update. So for the iPad Mini, uh, we went from the fifth generation to the sixth generation, and they really basically updated it to be much more in line with the iPad Pro. Now, the iPad Pro is still a much better device, but what we got here was... It went from a, they got rid of the home button, first of all. So it went from 7.9 inches to 8.3 inches without modifying the size of the actual device. Uh, and in addition to that, it went from an A12 chip to an A15 chip. So it got a huge update in processing power. It did not get the M1 chip that the pros have, but still an A15 chip is, you know, that's what the iPhone's running. That's a very good chip. Uh, and... We uh, we had a few smaller updates other than that. They, both the front and back-facing cameras are better. It went, um, we have 12-megapixel cameras on the front and back now, whereas before we were at 8 and 7-megapixels. Um, it now supports 5G if you get a compatible iPad, and it works with the Apple Pencil second generation. So those are the big updates. iPad minis are one of those devices that you either love it or you hate it. Like, it's a... We have a cult following of people who love the iPad. They ask us constantly when the new iPad Mini. Sorry, you love the iPad Mini. Ever since I started working here, I feel like we get so many emails, people asking, when's the new iPad Mini coming out? And it's funny because to me, I'm not. And I I love my iPad Pro, uh, and I have no use for an iPad (laughs) Mini. But if you are someone who loves it, this is a really nice update for you. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and they offer the cellular one too, which is kind of funny. It's like... 
you really could just use an iPad mini as a basically a phone. Um, it basically is. A f- I like it. That's that's what I don't love about it. It's <laughs> just a little bit too big. It's a big bulky phone. You it's can't like, fit in your pocket. They stopped using this term, but it's a phablet. Is yeah, what it is. it's a phablet. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. I haven't thought about that <laughs> I word know, in I know. I forgot. But that's what it is. <laughs> anyway, there's nothing sexy about a phablet. <laughs> <laughs> but, but don't because we're clearly insulting like half of our audience here. <laughs> so I support you if you like this device and it's a, you got a good day today. <laughs> so let us make fun of you a little. <laughs> not just not patronizing at all. <laughs> not at all. That's so funny. Yeah, it actually looked cool. They did like one of their promo videos of the iPad mini and showing it in lots of different settings. And it does have that nice, speaking of uh, the squared edges, it has that design, which yeah. looks really cool. Um, and it has, like David said, really updated specs like going from an 8 megapixel to the 12 megapixel camera like that's pretty awesome Mm -hmm. uh having 5g yeah so it's pretty powerful and it is uh available for pre-order on the 15th and the chip september 24th okay so So that's tomorrow you can start ordering it so that's pretty cool and the pricing let's just look they don't tell me that 4.99 is the base price okay um and yeah so it was interesting too, like the promo video was showing mainly students using it. Like it seems, it does seem very geared towards students. Are so you your notes say four ninety nine, but their website says six four. Oh, maybe I have four ninety nine is for the other. Four ninety nine would be the other one. I think. oh yeah yeah because they, they added a lot here. Sorry about that. That is uh, so oh no sorry you're right I don't know why it's at six forty nine there because here it says four ninety nine so I apologize when I actually navigate to oh. the next page it was four ninety nine six forty nine is with cellular. Okay, so four ninety nine is for the Wi Fi version with sixty four gigabytes of storage, which mm-hmm. is not that much. You might want to get more. Um, and for what it's worth, I know I might think I'm in the minority here, but I always get cellular with my iPad, and I am always happy that I did. God, it really—it's not that cheap, the iPad Mini. No, it's not cheap. It's because people love it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're using it either in place of your phone as a phablet no, or if you're using it um, instead of a computer for, as a student, then it might be worth <laughs> instead of like usually I think of an iPad as an add-on device that you still need your iPhone and your MacBook plus that. Uh, but for some people who don't need all three Maybe yeah. it's worth spending that That's much fair. on. That's fair. I think my, you, you and I are both just not in the iPad we're mini market. We're not in the iPad mini market. But <laughs> I feel bad are, we're picking on it so much. And it's a great update. So <laughs> it's just a personal thing. Yeah. Um, the next, and I think this might be our this final This is our thing. last, yes. Uh, it was an update to the uh, iPad, iPad base model. Apple, in its infinite wisdom, decided to name it the iPad. So we have, <laughs> we have iPad Mini, iPad Pro, and then iPad. So this yeah. was the iPad. Ninth um, generation. Ninth generation, because they don't want to call it the cheap one. <laughs> uh, so they just didn't name it. Uh, but it also got less of an exciting update, because, again, it's the cheap one. But still somewhat of a good update. So it went from what was an A12 chip to an A13 chip. Again, the iPad mini got an A15 chip. The iPhone is on A15. The iPad Pro is even above that in an M1 chip. So it's a little bit underpowered. But this is, again, this is the one that typically you're going to get for students, somebody who just really wants an iPad but doesn't need all the bells and whistles. It's a perfectly good iPad. Um, they also, the big update was in the um, front camera, and we've actually f- 
kind of forgot to mention one of the more important parts of this. So the front-facing camera um, is, and that's the that's where you would be using for FaceTime and for things like that, went from 1.2 megapixels to 12 megapixels. It's 10 times better. And the reason is now all the iPads, including the two they announced today, have that really cool thing that I can't remember the name of where it follows you. Oh, center stage. Thank you, center stage. So if you're on a FaceTime call and you're like, say, in your kitchen and you walk to the stove and you walk back, the iPad camera will automatically center you in the frame and it will adjust. So let's say they had a cool example today where let somebody was sitting there, they were like standing by a wall and they were centered. Somebody else walked in to the shot and it automatically zoomed out and recentered the shot for two people. So it's a really nice feature for people who are using FaceTime. I'm guessing awesome. it is really cool. So that is added across the board now and that's part of why they went from a 1.2 megapixel camera to a 12 megapixel camera. It is interesting how uh, overall, like there still are compelling reasons to get more the more expensive Apple products, but they are bringing more and more of exciting features to the lower end models. Yeah, it seems like. Would okay. you say, do you well, think that's true? I even? sort of agree, but there's, I mean, le- let me break it down for you the other way, because um, they do slowly bring it out, but this is not 5G compatible. It does not work with the second generation Apple Pencil, which is, if you like the Apple Pencil, that's almost a deal breaker. It doesn't work with the magic keyboard. Right. They still uh, make it nice and annoying for you. Yeah. It doesn't have as nice of a camera. It doesn't have as nice of a chip. It doesn't have as nice of a display. Like the Pro iPad is a pretty phenomenal device. That being said, the difference in pricing is either $329 for the iPad, the cheap iPad, or $1,099 for the iPad Pro. So you get what you pay for, but certainly when you're comparing, it's you get a lot more for the Pro. Now, the iPad Mini is the specs are closer to the Pro. Um, They're still not as good, but you're kind of paying halfway in between too. So you are getting what you pay for, but they are improving. It's nice to see they're improving their base models. Cool. So that... That's our uh, lineup. We think October or latest November, we're going to get a new MacBook Pro with the M1X chip, AirPods probably. Um, But that was it for today. I feel, uh, do we have any parting thoughts? Uh, If you're an insider, stick around and we'll do a little bit of bonus content for you. But no, I think uh, we'd love, oh, question of the day. Shoot, we're late for this. What do you all think of the announcement? What products do you want uh, and were you excited about the announcement or disappointed? Oh, and did we give our the price and availability of the iPad ninth generation? I don't know. That I we sort did. of read it very quickly uh, off at the end, okay. but it's three twenty nine for Wi Fi, four fifty nine for Wi Fi in cellular, and is it pre order on Friday? Um, my notes I'm like getting mixed up between available next week. We it says. Okay. Okay. But I just want to make sure I'm not giving the mini information and not that because we took the notes together for both of those. But I believe it is available next week. Yes. And 329 that is a, uh, still that like same pretty low price. Very for affordable. IPad. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you so much. We will be back next episode with uh, which iPhone should you buy theme. So we'll really dig in then. Like today we talked a lot about the new iPhones, but we're going to talk more about what you should do given the current phone you have. (sighs) 
because uh-huh. that's really a lot of times like and also what you want to do with your phone but some of it is like where do i move from here if i yeah. have like the 12 what should i do or if i've got an iphone 6 what do i do you know compare so we'll get and contrast into some of that. and the nitty-gritty of the details yeah so stay tuned in two uh, weeks we'll be if, back and if you're an insider stick around all right bye everyone thanks everyone